0: I think all of us have a script, an ideal of how we think things should go. I think we have dreams and plans and goals and a preferred plan for our lives like after graduation, going to college or career school or getting that dream job or having a job that has enough money you can find that dream husband or wife and. Then you can get your dream house, and then you can have your dream house with two and a half kids running around in the backyard, since that's the national average, two and a half kids. So you, you have dreams about how you think things are going in life, so you make plans for the future. You may have a six-month goal or a five-year plan or a 10-year plan, but we put goals on the calendars and we have our agendas. How many of you guys are to-do list people? See mine? My hands down. But I'm married to a to-do list person. And if you're a to-do list person, that's great. I'm sure there is an adrenaline rush or some type of of chemical induction into your system as you check things off your list. But for those of us that married to-do list people, there's nothing wrong with us that don't have one either you know God did create us though as future oriented beings that God made us to want to look into the future the Bible says in Proverbs sixteen nine, we were created future oriented beings and God has made us that way but the Lord has ordered our steps See, we can get so locked into our plan and our agenda that we have that script plan that we miss out on what God is wanting to do in us, what God is wanting to do through us. But when God works in our lives, I think what we discover is it usually is disguised as an interruption because we have a script we hate interruptions because we have plans. We have our day filled out. We have stuff we need to do. So interruptions get into way. So what we do is we try to interrupt proof our lives. Think about it. Uh, do you know that your cell phone can be used as a shield? That, uh, that if you are out in Walmart and someone comes up to you let's say I see Joel Kimmore coming up and I know he can't shut up whenever we talk And so what I do is is I see Joel coming and I pick up the phone and you know nod my head and hey and walk walk on by Joel because my agenda is so full my timetable is so short I just nod and, uh, Joel will understand. I had such an important call. That's how we block interruptions, and and you all have probably done it. Maybe you saw me coming, and you picked up your <laughs> cell phone at Walmart because you didn't want to tell me why you weren't there last week. It's like we are people. It's kind of like going to a hotel, and and when we go to a hotel, isn't it that we don't want to be disturbed? Uh, you go to get away with your spouse, your husband and wife, and you need rest. So You get that do not disturb sign, and you hang it on the door to protect that time with your spouse. Because, you know, if you if you want to go, you know, if you want to spice up your marriage, if you want to spice up that relationship, I suggest you look at this next slide and get behind a door with numbers on it. You know, that's got a way of just changing the whole environment. Now, guys, don't think if you go home and, and make a trip to Home Depot and Lowe's and put numbers on your bedroom door that that's going to keep your kids out or keep the disturbances, it's not going to do it. But when we put a do not disturb sign out, we're basically saying, don't interrupt me. No matter who you are, no matter what you're selling, And it's great on vacation. But we get into trouble when we put up a do not disturb sign that dominates our life. Where we walk around with a do not disturb sign on our hearts and minds. Think about it. Very rarely when God does something big on the earth, when God does something big in someone's life, very seldom does it begin with the human agenda. Most of the time, for God to do something big in your life, God has to interrupt your plans, your scripts, your agenda. Just look in the Bible. It's filled with divine interruptions. Noah was told to build an ark. Moses was told to leave the sheep and go get the people out of Egypt. David was told to go fight Goliath. You see, God's call comes as an interruption. Jonah was told to go lead a revival in Nineveh. Jesus was an interruption for Mary and Joseph's engagement. Anything God has done great in the life of a person throughout history comes as an interruption. Did you hear me? Anything and most things great God has done in a person's life throughout history has come as an interruption. And when we interrupt proof our lives we miss out on what God is wanting to do See, you don't find people you don't find God interrupting people's lives to do the safe things God doesn't interrupt your life to do the comfortable thing or the convenient thing most of the time when God calls someone to do something it's usually something that's outside their comfort zone so how does God interrupt us that's one way basically taking us out of our comfort zone see for this reason I believe most the most dangerous place on this planet is for you to stay in your comfort zone it's in your comfort zone that you're most at risk of missing out on what God has called you to do so when God wants to interrupt your life He calls you to do something that's uncomfortable. You know, sometimes God also interrupts our lives with a dislocated heart. God will often break our heart as He shows us what breaks His heart. Did you hear me? God often breaks our heart as He shows us what breaks His heart. Reaching a point where we say, god disrupted my heart and it's amazing what god can do for you see god looks for people that will surrender their script dislocate their hearts and have divine interruptions all through the gospels you see jesus being interrupted nearly all of jesus's miracles were interruptions jesus was teaching one time in a house it was a packed house all of a sudden in the middle of his sermon A guy comes down on a cot on a a mat from the roof where his buddies had dropped him in for Jesus to heal him. He runs into a blind man, Bartimaeus, and he says, Son of David, have mercy on me. An interruption, and Jesus heals him. One time he's on a boat taking a nap, and his disciples say, Jesus, we're going to sink the waves in the storm. So he gets up from his nap, interrupted to calm the storm. He has a leader in the synagogue. Jairus, come to him and say, my 12-year-old daughter's dying. Come heal her. Jesus goes to heal Jairus's daughter, and as he's walking by, a lady reaches up and touches the garment of his robe, and after 12 years of sickness, she is healed by a touch, interrupting him as he goes to Jairus's. And he goes to Jairus's, And what happens there? She's dead. The daughter is dead and he raises her from the dead, interrupting a funeral. Interruptions were his ministry. What would God do in our lives and through our lives if we let his interruptions change our list and our scripts? Now let me say, not all interruptions are for Jesus. Not all interruptions are from God. They come from other sources, the world and from Satan. But when God sends interruptions, there are supernatural things to do for the Christian and other people's lives. And that's why we need to be available for those moments. Because we don't want to change our agenda. We don't want to change our calendar and plans around. And that's why we need to be willing to take down that do not disturb sign on our heart. The passage you heard Ron read from today from the book of Chronicles says, for the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the earth that he may strongly support those whose heart are completely his. This verse tells us God is actively searching for a heart that is surrendered so we can use them. And those that surrender their heart to him, he also says, I'll equip you as he uses you. God will give them the strength they need if they will just surrender to Him. People who say, God, you can break my heart for what's yours. And people who say, God, interrupt my life. People that pray for God to come into their life. It's amazing what opportunities God will bring their way. See, God's activity is such that if you won't make yourself available. If you are one that says, I'm on my script, I got my calendar filled out, and there's no room for God, he'll find someone else to do what he needs done. And it's your loss when you don't open your heart up and allow God to use you. You lose the joy and the privilege of serving in that moment. See, God's sovereign activity continues. And Chronicle reminds us that He's searching for those who are willing to just set down their schedule and their agenda. And when we strongly support Him, He brings resources. The resources of heaven behind us. So how do you know when God is interrupting? This is the... And John 15 is one of the last conversations Jesus has with his disciples. And he says in 515, or 155, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, I will remain in you. And apart from me, you can do nothing. So how is it? How do you know God's interrupting? When you remain in him. See, he uses... That word remain nine times in this verse. And it means to abide, to dwell, to live in, a, in an awareness of God's presence and remaining in Him. It's a, it's a awareness of 24-7 where He is with you in the office. He's with you in the, in the factory. He's with you at school. He's with you at home with the kids. Where you are constantly communicating with Him and you realize it's not your life. And you surrender it to Him. See, it's not your job to bear fruit. Job one for you is to remain and abide in Him. And if you live in Him and His presence each day, He bears fruit in you. The second thing we can do if we want to know God's interrupting is to have time to love each other. He tells us this. He says we need to be people that love each other. That's what it says in verse 12 of John 15. Love each other like I have loved you. And in 1 John four nineteen, it tells us, we love because He first loved us. See, our love for God is because He first loved us. God extended His love to us when we had nothing to offer when we were immersed in sin, and what we found out was His love is unending. So our love is in response to Him because He first loved us. And when we give, when we serve, when we share, when we love people, we demonstrate that God loved us first and we love them too. See, when you pray for someone, when you stop and listen to someone, when you help someone like we did last week at church. You know that love gift we took up for a family in our church going through leukemia and bone marrow transplant? You guys raised over $6,000 last Sunday for that family. Don't get your hopes up, Joel. But you raised $6,000, over $6,000 for that family in one Sunday offering. See, when when you do things like that, it shows the love of God. And you're saying, God loves you and I love you too. And when you're stopped, when you're interrupted to love someone else, that's abiding in Christ. See, you have no idea what God can do in you and through you if you make yourself interruptible. Interruptions are where God can do His finest work. And see, Jesus wants you to know, I can interrupt you. I can interrupt and disturb your heart. I can break your heart from the things that break my heart. And I can take your life off script and give you a life that is extraordinary but he wants you to be interruptible. Are you willing to be interrupted in your life? See, the things that we do in this life, Jesus gives us a relationship here, but it not only makes a difference here, but for all eternity. Jesus' plans are so much bigger for us, bigger than anything we could imagine. But you have to lay down the script And pick up his let us pray lord as we gather here this morning we thank you that you are a god that is able to prepare us for the unplanned we just pray that we can be people that are able to walk out of our comfort zone and that we are people that are willing to be interrupted and remain in you and now we just give you the praise and thanks it's in your name we pray amen